Some films are mediocre Some films aren't good or bad Some films won't win an Oscar Globe, BAFTA, or a SAG You like those flicks? Come get your fix In a podcast called Mixed Bag G'day! Welcome to Mixed Bag, where we review the mixed, muddled, meh, and mediocre films, films, <laughs> <laughs> movies of film history. I'm Matt. I'm Cassandra. I'm James. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. It's fun to be in that world. It's oh, fun gosh. to do Australian accents. It's yeah. quite, they're quite funny. Yeah. Quite it's the same way that our accents are also very funny to all they other are. people. Uh, we've got, like, look, we all know we've got funny accents. Yeah. Like... It's really funny it. hearing it in the wild. Like when Melanie Linsky picked up her award at the Critics' Choice Awards, just like seeing yeah. it in isolation. Like here like, again, oh, isolation. Oh wow, New like, Zealanders, we sound weird. <laughs> Especially in like an extremely American kind of environment. You're like, oh gosh. And we're so used to like seeing her doing her amazing Yellow Jackets performance that yeah. suddenly. For our yeah. international listeners, uh, we just did an Australian accent before. I know you, you all think they sound the same, yes. but to us, it's it's very different. An attempt was made, yeah. <laughs> well, we attempted. Yeah. Yeah. What is everyone's, is everyone uh, 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 friendly with our Australian uh, uh, parts? I feel like the... Uh, I mean, I've my, got some relatives yeah, in Australia. My family yeah. lives uh, in Australia, family lives so there. I have to I go think, there every year. I think everyone thinks that we're like enemies and it's like i don't know it's the arguments about a friendly rivalry between australia i think it's, australia I think it's fun to yeah. you know like stoke the rivalry i it's just very say dumb. australia and new zealand have a similar relationship to you know the us and canada, canada. we're yeah, the canada yeah. of australia yeah um and it's okay that's good it's not like the uk and ireland okay it's not no no, no. uk it's and ireland that. is not is not the same <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as much as the UK would like to say, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, no, um, I think Australians are quite funny, to be honest. Like yeah. hearing them. Yeah. They, uh, their culture, especially their, make their some... white culture is really funny to me. Mm. Yeah. And, and iconic films. As, uh, and then also just other films. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that's what we're, we're going to sort of introdu- introduce uh, before we jump into our, brrr, our pop corner. Um, we're doing it a little series. Uh, we, we love doing a little bit of a mini series, right. a theme. Mm. Um, and instead of focusing on the career of an actor, as we did in our previous Streepson and Five Nights of Nightly seasons. Oh, um, the classics. I'm realising we haven't got a name for our season. Oh, well, we'll, we'll come up with it. We'll have to come up with it as we go We will guarantee a name by the end by of this episode. Yes. No pressure. <laughs> um, but but we're exploring three films by Baz Luhrmann. The Bazassons? Is that anything? No. We've done, no. done a Getting Bazzy. Getting Bazzy. <laughs> all that Baz. <laughs> all, all that Baz. I like all that Baz. Let's all do that it. Baz. Um, so yes, we are doing three films by Baz Luhrmann. Yes, yeah, so um, it's not all technically all that Baz, but it but, is yeah, a lot of that it's Baz. It's a lot of that Baz. It's the, it's the big hits of Baz. Um, well, yeah. we're doing the mixed films of Baz. Yes, yes. well, that's true. You know, um, and have a guess as to what those might be. Obviously, you know this one. But. It's on the I mean, Odyssey doesn't have that many films. No, so <laughs> you can kind of whittle it down. You can narrow yeah. it down pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, before we get into it, there was a, a big life event that, yes. you know, yes. you all probably know. 
the Oscars. I'm kidding. No, we, we, <laughs> we discussed that about last that. time. We talked we about that. We actually did a yeah. post-Oscars one. But this is our post-wedding episode. It's our post-wedding episode. episode. James and I got married yeah. in between last episode and this one. Yeah. Um, not in between the time you heard them and this <laughs> no. one, <laughs> um, yeah. but between our recording session and this one. Um, so that's what's nice. going on in our lives. Yeah, it's um, lovely. Beautiful yeah. day. Went absolutely perfect. Went great. Though. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've also then went had a little mini honeymoon for a few days, so we ended up watching quite a lot of films. Yeah. Um, mm, there you so go. it's it, perhaps it's time for us to transition into our pop corner. Pop 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 corner. Ugh, a lovely sound. Ugh, popcorn, so comforting. Mm, yummy. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of, what have what have you guys been consuming? So we've been consuming a few things. Um, I'm gonna just sort of think about the most recent stuff first. But James mm. has generally been watching all of these with me, so uh, we can we can talk about both together. Um, but uh, yesterday we watched the film Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, no spoilers, by the Daniels, I'm, I'm which Matt has not seen. I'm seeing it on Tuesday. We will these have guys a brief s- conversation about yeah. this one um, because yeah, sure, Matt's sure. gonna see it and we'll have a proper conversation. Yeah. After. Well, you guys are like on the dial. I. Know. I I wait it's till. Well, I always wait till it's cheap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the cheapskate. Yeah, yeah. I go on no, the Monday James or the Tuesday. No, James wanted to go on Good Friday, and I was like, what? "James, there's going to be a markup. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's no. at least go when it's not yeah, a on a Saturday at least." Yeah. Um, but it was great. It was really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's so inventive, so wildly like. Yeah, I think I saw Daniel Kwan refer to it as like a maximalist film, yeah. which I it think is a seems really like great from... way to describe it. Um, it's just beautiful seeing some of our, you know, like our. our uh, I guess like prestige Asian actors like Michelle yeah. Yeoh, um, getting a chance to do a, a role like this, which makes use of her skills and talents as like a kung fu performer and her sort of star persona, but also lets her do some stuff that she hadn't got to do before. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, Kei Hoi Kwan getting to come back. Oh my god! Come mm. back Iconic. to the screen. It's um, so Very moving to He's me. He's finally um, escaped the Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> he got and, out of it. And, and his name, because he, he changed his name, right? Yeah, because people couldn't. Oh. People were butchering it and they couldn't pronounce it, and he was he didn't want people. What to, was his old name? Wasn't so I he changed it, it to Jonathan, Jonathan K. Kwan. Yeah, all right, Because gotcha. people oh. couldn't pronounce his actual name. And then he's right. like, I'm going back. I'm going back yeah, to my real name. good, good um, on you. So, which I love that. Um, there's a lovely interview that I read with him about his experience um, mm. getting back into acting. Um, but yeah, we'll have a proper discussion about it. But I would just say, go and see it. It's Absolutely. very weird. I will say it's weird. Um, go in expecting and embracing and loving that weirdness. If you're my family who I told to see this and said, no, it looks weird. Um, it's great. Let's do it. Um, yeah, it's, it's all the fun. Yeah. <laughs> what and it's is, what is like? without a little bit of weirdness yeah. exactly yeah like here and there really life affirming and just yeah so so beautiful and it's not showing in many kind of cinemas so oh. get out yeah. there but the thing about it. this film is like it already feels like a huge deal like yeah it's gonna I've, be i think if not if it doesn't get the the traction to be like an actual you know big box office hit which i hope it does i feel mm. like it has been doing okay box office yeah especially for the film that it yeah the type of um, film that it i is. feel like it's absolutely guaranteed at least to be like a cult classic that people were a cult to, classic and mm. also the the way that like you know awards are shipping up now as well like this will mm. especially in that 10 slots it's that thing you know? i mean like i've seen a lot like, of people say facetiously oh this is my favorite marvel film right. i absolutely agree with that like oh, absolutely as a person that's like ah oh, thing that the thing that never gets me with superhero yeah. films the thing that makes me like holds me back from liking superhero films is, this is was the this superhero film, right? film for me so this, this was it this film already generating a lot of passion and i yeah. cannot wait to yeah. see it yeah. everything everywhere all um, at once what a mouthful of a, it's a long title <laughs> and unfortunately people always call it say the thing get mixed up with that bo burnham song from inside oh, which sure, is yeah. everything all of the time ta- all the time yeah. oh sure uh, but yeah 
Um, my second thing I want to talk about was the television series The Dropout, which James oh, right. and I yeah, um, yeah. watched, uh, which is about uh, the Elizabeth Holmes, the Elizabeth Holmes scandal yeah. and, and the scandal. Um, and there've been a lot of different scam shows. I feel like we talked about Inventing Anna at one yeah, point. Yeah, there's um, the girl from Plainville as yeah, well. Yeah, there's a lot of different ones that have come out recently. This one I think is we, good. We care, we share, or something. We yeah, crash. We, we crash. We crash. Yeah, yeah. And there's an Uber one as well. Oh, I don't know, I don't know if that's a scam. Though. No, I think it's, it's just, just the. The, oh the, yeah that's um, just a, a bad Uber. company yeah. <laughs> okay so an evil company that's not a scam um except for the drivers who are getting bad bad job yeah. with Uber. Yeah. um but yeah this one i think uh, people have said is the best one and, and you know i haven't watched all the rest of them but i i really enjoyed this program nice. i thought it was well done they do a really good choice i think the thing that annoyed me about inventing anna was that their focus narratively was like we're going to look at the journalist and we're going to look at how like the story was broken and like the investigation on that perspective and that's not what i'm interested in at all um and here they make the really good choice of being like this is very much a character study about elizabeth holmes and also it's a study into the very strange romantic relationship between elizabeth and sunny balwani who is the coo eventually of the company with her who is equally part of the fraud um but have they, they have this very strange like romance where they meet uh when she's like 18 and he's like, like mid-30s and it's like i think naveen andrews who plays sunny balwani um so who you'll know we from lost we, we love, love him. him he's very good um is uh he described in an interview that he's the lady macbeth to her macbeth right. and i think that's I, the best right. okay, the best way cool. to describe their relationship nice. it's like mm. i think what she has done in real life is is say, oh, I was just an innocent girl. He was the one pulling all the strings. He did the whole fraud. And it's like, that doesn't seem to be the case. A was, lot of it was her. Yeah. But he was absolutely encouraging her and pushing her. And all the times he could have pulled her back, he pushed her forward. Mm. And it's such an interesting, fascinating relationship between these two very deeply weird people. Um, hello, Charlie. <laughs> hello. Uh, a little guest a spot special guest. <laughs> the boy on the table. Um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, that's, that's I think, like the key sort of arc of the series is this relationship and then also looking into Elizabeth's personality. Um, and I think that that's a really great choice. It's really interestingly written. And I think both those actors, like Amanda, Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried is, yeah. does a fantastic. That's good. Very, yeah. like, yeah. It's like the best role that she's had the opportunity to dig into. In nice. Ages. I'm very good, very yeah. good to hear that. Like, I mean, the I don't... weirdness of it is so great. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and like the odd eccentricities of like trying to dig into like, how she is like socially, like how she like motivates herself. Like there's a nice insight into a character without fully ever, um, you know, like uh, being too like empathized uh, towards her. Yeah, I feel like it's the thing where we can like have some empathy to how she's feeling, but we, you know, she doesn't ever become so sympathetic that it's like, oh, we, um, you know, are on her side. Like we see where she's coming from and we understand her, but I don't know if we even necessarily like her. And I think that's kind of where we need to be with this character. That's a good approach to it. Yeah. But it's just such an interest. I've never seen Amanda Seyfried have a role like this before. I Um, mean, she's always um, been like ingenue. Have you not seen Mean Girls? (laughs) (laughs) As much of the the psychological (laughs) complexity of her Mean Girls character aside. Yeah, no, it's a really like, yeah, such a, such a fun role for her to sort of stretch your acting skills and that's good to hear i don't yeah, know if i'm good. gonna watch it eventually because mm. i've just like i already know this the stories yeah, of these it's... there's so much media like there was the drop of oh, the dropout 
the dropout, the the podcast, yeah. and also there was um, the the documentary, which is yeah. really good. Yeah, and that's yeah. the same with the other with the other scam shows. Though I am looking forward to the staircase. Yeah, that mm. looks good. <laughs> Can't wait for it. But it's, um, I guess it's the most like of of the the many scam shows, and they are kind of like trashy inherently. Like this is the one. <laughs> but this where, is a great binger. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. I might really I might get around binger. to and it. And the and the storytelling is really strong, and you've got like great actors peppered throughout. Um, playing great little uh, small roles. you got yeah, like, it's... William H. Macy, Stephen Fry. Like, William H. Macy in the strangest the bald weirdest cap. God. Looking, like this, look, it's like all his hair has been I put want... underneath it, a forehead. I want a movie about the Felicity Huffman college <laughs> admission scandal. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have listened to a documentary <laughs> podcast on it and it got really boring really fast, yeah, sure. unfortunately. Well, maybe it's a TV like, movie. Maybe it's a TV you're movie. Like, it's great that yeah. this is a, like, you know, like it's interesting that celebrities are involved, very interesting on that level, but the actual, like, Scam itself. Scam is this kind of yeah, like this doesn't... guy paid you, that you and he just lied. Like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not actually that that interesting as a scam. But yeah. Um anyway, the drop out I would I'd recommend. Nice. Have you talked about I can't remember if you mentioned old enough last time around. No I don't think you have. Yeah. No, that was prof- so old enough uh, is another show that James and I binged um yeah, during our, our pre wedding isolation period. Mm. Um this is um a uh, I guess like the a sort of best of series like it's 20 episodes but it combines like the best of episodes from the last like 20 years of japanese seasons of hajimete no otsukai which is like first errand um and it's basically a little um reality show in which children between the ages of about two and five uh, go out for their very first errand so their parents send them to the shops to buy something or they have to deliver something to uh, another parent um, and they have a little little task to do and you generally it will take them through walking <laughs> through the town or like occasionally they have to catch the bus cross roads you know like go through the the countryside um, and this is like a really obviously it's it's a more high stakes and complicated version of tasks but that this is actually a Japanese tradition um, because yeah Japanese children are very independent particularly compared to Western children um, because Japan is like a, a really safe country for walking about as a kid like mm. the sort of both community spirit of the country but also town planning and like the way that you know cities and towns are laid out is such that kids are usually going to school by themselves on the train um from age you know five or six um so it's it's pretty normal for kids to be going around by themselves um so yes this is like a dramatized version of that in which uh yeah kids have to do much more complicated tasks and are accompanied throughout by camera people who are in disguise uh, (laughs) so that the kids don't know they're on camera which is very great i didn't i've only seen like a a couple episodes i didn't know that they were in disguise yes they're dressed as like (laughs) delivery people like they've got like the if you if you see them in the corner sometimes you'll spot the camera person from another camera person and you'll right. see them like it's a woman with a handbag that's just like very <laughs> thick and has a little camera sometimes on it. when the kids decide to run they just have to like yeah the camera people have to just kid. like run after and you know children they'll just be like i'm gonna run up this hill and they'll just like start racing yeah um, and occasionally they'll notice the camera people and be like hello what are Hi. you up to <laughs> i'm going on my, i'm going on an errand <laughs> oh, that's good keep going they're like Okay. (laughs) It's Um, very wholesome. It's very cute. It's so wholesome. Um, There's some drama that happens. There is some drama. There are some real high tension moments. Um, Mm. Yeah, the the particular episode with the fish 
those that have Ooh. seen the show yeah. will know, know I was on the edge of my seat. Um, this is like, this is a, I watched the first maybe eight episodes of this show by myself when I was, um, when James was busy working in the other room and then he wanted to watch it. So I rewatched all of those episodes <laughs> with James. Um, but during the fish episode, I did this like ah! noise at one point and James came out being like, I thought you'd hurt yourself. Why would you make such a noise? And then when we were watching it together, James made the exact same noise at the exact yeah. same time. <laughs> Stressful. Very stressful. It was extremely stressful. Um, anyway, it's it's just if you love watching little kids being cute, doing little tasks, and also the episodes are very short. they're very short. They're yeah, all between like ten to fifteen to minutes, minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, some of them are slightly longer, but generally they're about that. None of them are longer than twenty minutes. Um, yeah, they're all very cute, and you just—it's very heartwarming as the kids, you know, like even you know they always like have the sense of achievement at the end when they complete the task, uh, yeah. and you're like, oh, this—they're so brave because it's so scary when you think about mm. it to be like oh a God. two-year-old Absolutely. that's having to walk down the oh, road, yeah. go to the store, talk to a stranger. I was scared of catching the bus by myself for the longest time. Yeah, yeah. and then, like that's like as like a twelve-year-old, I would have yeah, been scared yeah, yeah. to catch the bus by myself. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to like you know, oh, I, was, I was fine by twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. but like yeah if it wasn't the school bus man i'd get lost yeah, True, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah the like these kids are, are doing so well and it's, it's the stakes of it i think are I, so are, are pitched so well i love when great. they carry big things, when they're <laughs> big things. these <laughs> multiple they episodes be like these are the thing where the parents told them okay just get one small one and the kids got to the store and she, they're like i'm gonna get the whole sack and it'll be like a five kg <laughs> sack of something and they're like the same weight as the bag and they're like dragging it home and you're like no mum didn't tell you to get so many (laughs) but they're just trying to be helpful darling all right that's me i think james you can jump in now lovely um yeah cool uh my uh re uh, my picks are a little bit more reading uh based uh the summer but i do have a bit of an intellectual for james well. yeah. wow um, <laughs> it's the first time for everything <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of my reads was uh blood sweat and chrome which was a belated Ooh, cool. uh, birthday gift from cassandra yes, which i did buy two copies of accidentally because i didn't realize that i'd put the purchase through the first time so we have got two copies of that now yeah um so uh, if you don't know this is um uh, Carl Buchanan's kind of like overview of Mad Max Fury Road um which has uh, been out for five years now it's a good kind of retrospective of um the many kind of uh, events uh, that went on uh, through it and like the extremely unbelievable journey to getting made mm. um I think what I like about this I haven't read this book but I'm just like it's like the story of a film with like a chaotic production mm. but it actually worked like mm. instead yeah. of like a chaotic production that's just like yeah yeah that was a terrible yeah, film. yeah, yeah. exactly just a, a terrible mess but like what what came out of it was just like this you know like genre redefining success yeah Yeah. and and weirdly a lot of like the hiccups that they encountered actually was able to george miller and the team were able to spin it so that could like improve the film so like there's one moment uh where um their whole production gets shut down by warner brothers because they were like you are massively overspending and they cut it before they had finished the start and the end with the citadel and like eventually a new person at Warner Brothers like kind of came in and they had been able to like make an assembly of of the kind of cut and it was able to like kind of ref, uh, re uh, to inform like how they like saw the movie and what was best kind of for it. Um, they had very different kind of uh, endings. But yeah, it kind of goes through 
um, the various kind of stages that it took to kind of uh, create it um, and the, the fights that happened between Tom and Charlize who were oh, very, very different I actors. I cannot wait to like... It's, get into the into tea of that. I know. Yeah. And it's it's this wild thing where they didn't have a script for the for the film. So they were just kind of running off a storyboard and basically shooting a storyboard. So sometimes they would be doing these massive I'm so anxious. Right now. And they did it in chronological order, which was is very it was helpful. It was very helpful for the actors, but Especially very, if you don't have a script. <laughs> yes. Very expensive as well. And so sometimes they would be like all set up and they would just need like a three second shot of just like Furiosa like turning, like cool we got it moving on or like keep redoing that but like not Mm. play out the whole entire scene and so they were out there for a long like many many months um out in in, um out in the african desert i forget which one in africa Um, yeah so shot in africa originally it was meant to be shot in sydney and then um another wild thing is like this like it was meant to be like this red kind of desert Mm. but then there was this like freak flood that occurred Ah. and so all of their environment that was meant to be like this red dusty landscape as we come to think of with the landscape of australia Mm, um, was suddenly green and beautiful (laughs) and they were like holy shit (laughs) and so they had these huge like tankers and like like the war rig and all of the vehicles had to be shipped from australia to africa and they weren't allowed to do it but the the producer just went ahead and did it and was like fuck it i've done it oh man like it's so stressful (laughs) all the time um so yeah i highly recommend reading it there's like stories about why one character is called toast the knowing that is really like sweet and beautiful there was actually a person it was their first time uh, working on a Mad Max film that they so loved uh, Mad Max called Toast and George Miller was like we're gonna and gonna he's like, he like well he plans out everything well in advance and he was like Toast um, <laughs> we've been hanging out with you and, and Zoe Kravitz and Zoe Kravitz character was like I'd be really keen to like I think everyone needs to have a nickname and I'd love to be called Toast and they're like cool we're doing it that's love so it. sweet the, the original Toast and he wrote this like journal in his like first day being like oh my gosh whatever else happens with this production like that made my time well I'm glad it worked out yeah um, yeah yeah. also Cobb Buchanan is I like him as a personality yeah yeah he's good yeah, yeah. he's a Oscar head which I like yeah appreciate that and so they, they you know they talk about the kind of the Oscar kind of um, timeline everyone's a little bit like bitter that George didn't get best director and best picture everyone's like oh what actually won that year because like it did win a ton of technical awards um, mm. and yeah it's a it's an awesome achievement and I highly recommend reading it because there are all it kinds of yeah. uh, spot, spotlight that year oh it was mm. spotlight another Michael right. Keaton yeah um, okay because yeah and they were like, oh, not many films have won that little awards and also got Best Picture. Yeah. Um, and in the same <laughs> so way, now. like, Mad Max, like, yeah, um, Mad Max hasn't, uh, not many films, except for, like, Cabaret and something else, um, yeah. have won that amount and not got, yeah. gotten the big awards as well. Um, yeah, highly recommend reading it. I don't usually, like, read, like, film books because, you know, life's... Okay. <laughs> no, like, like you know, like the the kind of nonfiction um, about make filmmaking. Yeah, about, about filmmaking. filmmaking yeah. I'm like, okay, not, it doesn't fully kind of hold my interest. But like, Mad Max is that kind of film. Like, we were like staying at our Airbnb just before our wedding, and we turned on the TV, and Mad Max was on. Oh, and it's cool. just one of those movies that you're just like, I'm just gonna watch this. Let's just watch thing. the yeah. yeah. It's yeah. So <laughs> energetic and dynamic, yeah. and it's cool hearing how much they like 
worked that mythology and that kind of storytelling they had like this dramaturg that was really really close with um miller on it um who worked in theater and um yeah it's great to see that they they put that amount of effort in it and it paid off so highly recommend blood sweat and chrome um uh, one of the other books that I picked up uh, when I was in Mardenborough um, from a New Zealand writer, uh, which I'm halfway through, which I'm really, really loving, is called Meat Lovers by Rebecca Hawkes. Um, it's a book of poetry, and it's about the kind of relationship with um, kind of rural environment and meat and eating meat and being on a farm and all of the, the like, being surrounded by, like, death and and, and um, the, the gross, icky kind of substances um, that are constantly surrounding you. This is so you. I know, yeah. it's so me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, reader, listener, look up the book cover and it it's quite telling, like, if uh, you're immediately like, yes, that's me or no, that's not, follow that instinct. I do love the title. Oh, Meat Lovers. And you should see the book cover. It is so good. It's just like Cronenbergian like madness with like oh, two that. lovers who are like, their faces are like interconnected and there's just like meat being hacked open. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 bizarre and strange. And I, yeah, was, I remember I was in a, a poetry workshop with like some really, really great poets when we're all kind of up and coming. And it's so great. And Rebecca, um, the author was in that as well as Freya Daly Sagrove and... And um, Tim Greek, um, I don't know how you say his last name, sorry, Tim. Uh, and it's great to see them all, like, doing their, doing their, like, like Tim listens, I know. Well, I um, also love that you're very confident, and then you just, like, back off. Like, Tim Greek? <laughs> um, hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. They're all publishing, like, their, their poetry books now, and it's really great to see. Um, because, yeah, they're all super talented, and it's really nice to see them getting their work out there and, and articulating their, their truth. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, up next for me is uh, an oldie <laughs> uh, Roman holiday, yes. um, which we watched um, uh, uh, during our honeymoon, um, which I had never seen. I thought I had, and then it's I was very like, "Charming, yeah, it's a very charming picture, lovely film, yeah." yeah. With um, yeah. star-making performance, yes, with Audrey Hepburn and uh, Gregory Peck, um, both looking very beautiful and, and 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 lush. And if you don't know the premise, it is a a journalist and a princess of a country it's never really defined <laughs> don't say they yeah. don't yeah. say they're just like oh the princess you know the princess uh and she's bored with her duties so she decides to run out into the night um and uh is looked after very reluctantly the journalist is like gregory is like trying to get her home but she just keeps on falling asleep um by... until he discovers that she's yeah. a princess and decides to get a, uh, get a scoop by pretending that he believes her lies about being a schoolgirl on the run. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's very charming and it was much funnier than I expected it to be, honestly. Like, I felt like the jokes, a lot of them still land really well, which yeah. is great. And I, I, I uh, it earned the respect uh, from me f- uh, towards Dalton Trumbo, who, um, mm-hmm. you know, they've made movies about with Brian Cranston. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, roll my eyes. Um, and I think I have seen Trumbo films of the past. I don't want to. Yeah, not not Trumbo the film, but like films oh, that films. Yeah, Trumbo yeah. the writer has made. And then I was like, oh wow, you know, respect for its due. It's like, a well written film. And My like, favorite part of the movie, yeah. is the cigarette um, lighter that's also a camera. <laughs> Do you remember his friend who's like... So oh. the thing about his friend, though, we noticed, yes. is that the way this man is styled, I don't know if it's like his facial hair and his haircut or his them, jacket. I think from what I remember. 
He looks great, but he looks like he's just from down the road in 2022. Yeah, yeah, and that's he just what I mean. walked yeah, he's into very, the yeah, 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 casual He's beard. just in there. Yeah, he's and we're very just watching it, and it looks, it looks like an edit, like somebody who's put like a guy and they've just <laughs> yeah, put yeah. him in the film. And so James and I both had this independent thought, and then we're like, did you, do you guys think this like, it's really yeah. modern? He does look really modern. Yeah. And there was one point where he looked like he was maybe from the 70s. So, you know, sure. still a little bit, a little bit time traveling, but not quite as much. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this point where we're like, oh, this guy just looks like he could have just gone from any any party in 2022 just and just walk right walked in. right into the film. Yeah. But it's got great action, um, and it's like a, a beautiful, like, movie star kind of performances. That final sequence is just incredible, like, makes mm. your eyes well up. And, yeah, I highly recommend checking it out, because I had thought, um, you know, sometimes you watch old movies, and sometimes they're fantastic, and sometimes they're a little dry. And I thought maybe Roman Holiday would go that way, but not at all. Um, absolutely check it out because it yeah. is it's a rom-com classic. And um, Audrey Hepburn's just, yeah, star making is definitely the right word. For mm. Yeah. I think. It's yeah. supposed to be Elizabeth Taylor originally. Oh, but you can do it. You can do it. But, yeah. you know. Um, my final two shout outs is uh, Severance finished and it's all available on Apple TV and I highly recommend Matt yeah. you should check it out yeah. Lucas check it out you love uh, mysteries yes it's um, very lost vibes I, I had to watch it because I've only seen like the last two the last episodes time. yeah or I heard something. that the finale was really good oh, so incredible. I need to go back and watch it from the first episode it's just episode. like such a pitch it. perfect finale like oh 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 it's so good um so yeah check that out and i caught up with the french dispatch and i love the french dispatch i really did like it yeah i think (laughs) i I think the um the the timmy section for me was probably the weakest kind of plot line but i it was really yeah yeah. probably out of the three but yes yeah it's a really nice nice watch and i regret not checking it out earlier because um you know but some people liked it some people didn't and i i listened to the naysayers a little bit too much but it's really beautiful um expertly like framed great performances um yeah nice to see a kind of episodic film it's it's a it's a different flavor and it was i loved it yeah (laughs) as it's my turn um i haven't been seeing a lot of films um, recently, I think the last film that I saw that's relevant is I did see the Batman, which I did enjoy. Good, yeah. yeah I enjoyed fun. Robert, and I enjoyed Zoe, and I enjoyed Jeffrey, and and Paul Dano. Man, he's gonna have a great year yeah. between this and the Fablemans. Oh yeah, yeah. that's coming out this year with yeah. David Lynch starring. Well, I don't know if he's starring. He's part of it. He's he's. He's not the main character. No, but oh, well, starring. starring. But, I mean, I guess through your standards, he like is starring. The standards of starring, like I started so exactly. So, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> to me, he's starring. Look, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was yeah more detective-y than I thought. So mm. yeah, I, I'm down for the Batman. What else did I see? Um, not a lot in the realm of film. I did um, uh, discover this uh, YouTube channel called Stage Right, which is like. Um, tells the video essays about like you know figures on Broadway so they've got video essays on like Patti LuPone Rodgers and Hart Audrey McDonald and like the history of the Tonys like representation of like diversity and and queer representation in Broadway so really good really like scratched an itch that I didn't know that I needed so I recommend that nice in the realm of books literature hey I read too Um, (laughs) I (laughs) I recently finished uh, Lincoln on the Bardo, which was, you know, very inventive. Um, it's, like, really cool to see just um, 
a novel play with form. Like it really like it's just pretty much a play. Mm. <laughs> um, and it was interesting reading it after Hamnet because both of them deal with like children dying. Like this one was like Lincoln's son dying, and mm. uh. the other one was Ham Hamlet's son, Shakespeare's son dying. Mm. Um, but it's a pretty fast read if you're in the speed of the form of the book. Um, but if you're not, definitely in the times that I wasn't, it was like kept me at a distance. Right. So you definitely have to be in the mood for the form. Death. Well, death is fine. It's just, you know, right. it doesn't play like an actual, like a regular novel, but all the plaudits are deserved. George Saunders is the author. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like an essay. NCAA essay. <laughs> And, and also is, George Saunders. I forgot to say before. <laughs> in this essay, <laughs> um, also in the realm of podcasts, I've recently finished the um, six-part ep- um, thriller "Sweet Bobby," which is about oh. um, like one of the like the wildest catfishing stories Ooh. that I've ever heard. Oh. So Gotta I think, get on that. yeah, it's 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 six episodes. They're all under an hour, so pretty fast. Um, nice. I think I think it's really cool, and I hope I see like you know more of that. Please, I love catfishing stories. After after my scam phase, now in my Look, cat catfishing phase is a, of it's stories. a specific type of scam. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Comes under the scam so umbrella, exciting. the scam yeah. umbrella, if you will. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you can scam under my scam umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, I would like to talk about music releases. Duh. Who else would talk about it? Um, no, I just wanted to shout out my girl, Charlie XEX, for releasing a wonderful album, pop album, Crash, um, which she named because a lot of her fans are part of the LGBT community and they don't know how to drive. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm glad she's taking her big shot at being a, a like a mainstream pop girl. And I think she's succeeding so far. So good on her. She's always just been an indie darling for a lot of years. And she's been making this indie pop kind of sound. And now she's she's going for it. She's taking the big swing into mainstream consciousness. And she's... She's uh, doing well, I think. So I hope she continues her success. The other one that I want to shout out is um, Orville Peck released his new album, Bronco. Um, I love him. Speaking of uh, just like Western, like we've got a lot of Western stuff coming up mm-hmm. in this episode. But just someone who has built a mythos in his like persona is having the mask. If you don't know who Orville Peck is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just love his his songs just sound so cinematic and i'm seeing him in oakland in july and i can't wait nice but you, i you just reminded me that uh Orville peck shows up on um the brand uh the bon appetit uh videos um uh and uh if you haven't looked up um uh brad leone um and the the scandal oh, the, the latest, botulism uh, scandal the latest what? bon appetit uh just look just search bon appetit botulism well, scandal and there's, a, there's a great article about it <laughs> it's wild <laughs> it's very funny it sounds very enticing yeah but anyways, that's that's me for for the pop culture I consumed here in New Zealand. <laughs> but what's happening further afield in the Antipodes? Why, let's look to Australia. Feature presentation. 
Well, that was a long section, guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, we actually we recorded the previous episode so yeah, long so ago long. <laughs> yeah. that we had a large gap. I between. wonder if it's also worth quickly acknowledging, like, so the Oscars happened, and we talked about that, and then the discourse happened, and I do think. I'm sick of talking about it. No. Yeah. You go. Okay, okay. What? I'm just Wait, saying, what, like... Say what you want to say. I want to say, like, the the backlash towards Will Smith is uh, quite strong and strange uh, for... Like, I do think it was a strange event of the slapping, but I don't think he should have, like, projects cancelled and stuff like that. I was con- contemplating dropping it in in the other field, but uh, it was pretty clear it was, like, two weeks later. So it's just shitty because, you know, there's a bunch of terrible people that have... One Oscars, Will Smith yeah, is, yeah, is, sure. is not within that kind of category, I don't think. And the idea that he might have his Oscar taken away or have projects taken think, away from I don't him. think his Oscar is going to get taken away. No. Yeah. But I, I think definitely his name has been like, he's taken a hit. Like, I don't, I think he'll recover. Like, in 10 years, he's going to like come out of the Oscars. Everyone's going to be clapping for him unless he does something truly fucked up, which, you know, it's Hollywood, baby. All of them have dark secrets. <laughs> <laughs> just spreading further rumors on yeah back, but anyways yeah that's i'm glad the cool. discourse has kind of died down Please, I'm, I'm, no I'm more no 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 and I, I don't think this this hub of entertainment mixed bag is gonna pause <laughs> <laughs> no they've all yeah, been waiting for it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the, your silence speaks it's volumes <laughs> um all right uh, should we talk about Australia? Um, yes. So I learned as we watched this, as we settled down to watch this, that I think I'm the only member of the podcast to have previously seen this film. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I saw this with my family. Um, I remember it distinctly. It was on New Year's Eve, 2008, going mm-hmm. to 2009. Um, and I remember this because my dad did a little like, why don't you? we go to Australia for New Year's <laughs> joke, which we were then like, do you mean the movie? And he was like, ha, ha, ha. The um, Chris with his jokes. No. Yes. Um, Good dad joke. And then I had a friend and she came up to watch the movie with me. And I think Nathan had a friend. He came and watched the movie with mm-hmm. us. Uh, but then the movie finished and it was like 10. So we just like, went home. <laughs> so yeah, possibly it is a long one of the movie. worst New Year's, I've got to say. Oh, quite so low. It New Year's, right? So it was actually yeah. New Year's Day or New Year's, New Year's Eve? Eve? Okay. So I'm like, in terms of New Year's Eve. So you didn't even get to 12, did yeah, you? Yeah, it was you? just, yeah, like, because the movie was. Yeah, and then, and then, you then just we were just like, oh, but it's like two hours. Like, yeah. you know, we can't drink. What are we doing? We're like 15. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess yeah. we'll just go home. So. Exactly. Yeah. Be extremely disappointing New Year's Eve. Wow. So that's my association with this film is that it's, it was pretty average and then new year's eve happened and we didn't even have a proper that's party. not the worst new but, year's eve story i've heard i i spent a new year's uh watching garfield the movie with uh, bill murray with my mum and her friend and then it finished and then i went to bed <laughs> at least you went <laughs> to TV. bed that's fine yeah. it wasn't even in the cinema but i wonder if your opinion has changed all these years yeah i don't know come back to it um i don't like, I just didn't see this film. This was kind of like a semi-popular film when it was released I in 2008. Was marketing hype for it. For sure. Marketing and it's, build up. It's Australia. Mm. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I mean, I didn't enjoy Moulin Rouge. Oh, but more on that later. Yeah, we won't have any Moulin Rouge takes on this podcast. Um, you'll get more of those. So I was like, I don't know if I will enjoy Australia. And I don't think the... Um, plot necessarily was to my interest at the time and also I didn't wasn't didn't particularly care for either actor starring in Australia and so I didn't I just didn't see it you know it was a big deal maybe it was one of the films of the year I don't know I just didn't see it I didn't care but as I got older the more I was like you know what 
I saw The Great Gatsby, which I was like, camp. Maybe Australia has a little bit of that. Um, and you know what? I've finally seen it now. Mm. And we'll see. We'll see what the verdict is. Well, you are talking to a very strong uh, Baz defender. Uh, because, you know, I was my, my parents were like, you know, this there's this strange little film called Strictly Ballroom. And we saw that and it was strange and delightful. And what blew my mind was there's this little film called Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> And these, equals what? I don't what <laughs> equals brilliance. Uh, because what was happening in that film, they had guns and they were called swords. And they said, draw your swords. And then they drew guns. And Jock Leguizamo was like looking weird he and was hot. Giving. He was serving. He was Tybalt. You had... He, excuse me, he was, he was Tybalt. I yeah. was going to say he was yeah. Mercutio. He no, was no, not. no. He was well, not. Famously. I remember. Who yeah. was Mercu- Mercutio? Another lost uh, appearance. Harold Perrineau. Yeah, yeah, he killed it. Um, yeah. yeah, so... Uh, I'm I'm a big Baz defender, uh, but uh, when I saw the advertising for Australia, I was like, "That's the least appealing film I've seen in a while," and so I avoided it. Um, I don't know why; it just looks like a, a, a tourism uh, ad, and it turns out that a lot of uh, tourism Australia like went towards this film. Mm. Um, so more on before that later. we jump, talk more about uh, yeah our thoughts on the film, uh, it's time for James to have the lucky, the yeah. enviable job. Yeah. Yes, if you haven't heard, <laughs> seen, Don't know worry. what Australia You're is, get the full plot in yes. a minute. You right know, now, it's the can history I, of a country. Can I ask one question before we start? Yeah. So there's Evelyn, right? Sarah? Evelyn? Evelyn? No. Sarah. 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 Isn't it Sarah Evelyn? Evelyn no, Sarah. is the character from Everything Everywhere All at Once we saw yesterday. Okay, okay. Sarah. Lady Sarah, Sarah Ashley. Sarah Ashley. Ashley. Maybe that's where I was getting Evelyn from. No. Um, yeah. Sarah, and then he's called the... De, the, the, the Drover. Drover. Okay, I'm ready. All right. I'm not. Okay. I'm still not. But James has just got the names of the characters. Good, good, good. And we're going to start now. Okay, so Evelyn... Not Evelyn. Sarah! Jesus, reset it. <laughs> we're keeping that in by we're the keeping way that in. okay <laughs> lady sarah ashley sarah ashley sarah ashley three two one go sarah ashley learns that she has inherited a farm region in no. australia okay sure um, <laughs> and so she goes over there but she needs to meet hugh jackman and he's a rough and tumble kind of guy and so they go over there and uh but she has no way of, of running a farm she finds that her husband is dead and then someone killed him it was david wenham who is played who's <laughs> called fletcher and anyway he um <laughs> Uh, and oh, oh, and David Wenham works for this dude who is like stealing their cattle. So they have to like get their cattle all together, all of them, uh, and go all over into um, Darwin. And uh, they bring that cattle in, and then they they sell it, and it goes well. And they're like, yay! And then the rain comes, and then they're in love, and they're feeling good. Uh, but then World War Two is occurring, and they're raising a young Aboriginal boy. I forgot to 10 say. Ten seconds left. Um, and so uh, there's bombings, and he gets taken to Mission Island, the young boy, but then he's saved and then David Wenham tries to kill him because he's actually his son and then he dies by King George. <laughs> and King George. He <laughs> dies no, by King George. We did not mention. By official not mention, decree. Uh, not the... <laughs> Not the King of England at the time. No. Uh, no, this is um, the by... grandfather uh, yes. <laughs> of the boy. Yeah. Uh, who is a uh, gulapa, which is a, um, a magic man of yep. this particular yeah. um, Native Australian tribe. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't do well, Look, but I didn't do, well, do badly. But honestly, Look, were... in the time that you had, you did not I had bad. Look, there is so much in this film, guys. Um, so it's very long. It's in like addition to what James in. had there, we've got like a, an ongoing thematic interest in this film, The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Oh. We have an attempt to depict the struggles of the stolen generations. Yeah. Um, Which is what they were aiming for. Yes. That's what we We've got a crawl at the, at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, that was supposed that to be the centre of the film. Was um, it? Clearly not, because you just heard James's description. But yeah. yeah. Um, we have, like, there's this love story between... Uh, yeah, did I say that they I don't they think you said that they love, fell in love, but they do. But they do. I mean, of course um, they do. If, even if you've never seen it. It's Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman. You yeah. know they're going to fall in love. Um, we have... Like just so many just scenes where oh, there's, there's like Ben oh, Mendelsohn who is like this there. captain who's in love not very with important. Sarah. Not important at <laughs> all. Important. We have no, a big what? scene. There's like a big drunken a drunken doctor guy who gets uh, yes. crushed by a herd of cattle in oh a very traumatic death scene yeah. for us because the they get sabotaged by. Um, um, what's yeah. the What's the rival company called? Um, Carney. 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 Yeah, cattle. Carney. Something. Yeah. Um, um, anyways, yeah, that's a, just lot, a lot of it's a, so There's much a stuff happens on. in this film. There's so many things happening constantly because it's called Australia. We've got to cover epicness. It has to be yeah, span we have to a huge amount. It has to be scale. very epic in time scale. It does make me wonder what New Zealand would be or Aotearoa. You know, I think like, the thing the thing is New Zealand and Aotearoa extremely different, different movies. Films. Yes. <laughs> different movies. Maybe they release both. To be fair, I feel yeah. like we've gotten variations of what that movie is throughout history. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, maybe but none just, of us had the gumption to be like New Zealand. Yeah. Jane Campion, you know, despite her problems, isn't like you know what I'm gonna make <laughs> yeah. New, New Zealand, Zealand. Yeah, or so, as she says, Aotearoa. Aotearoa. <laughs> Some of the ones we like thought of was like the piano. And you know what though? I think Peter could do it. I think he has enough hubris that he would. <laughs> Peter, he would, would. Peter would do it. Yeah. Peter would do it. <laughs> Peter would do it only if they, you know, <laughs> let him do it and it was about six hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, he's, I mean, he's been interested. I mean, it was the World War One kind of documentary that he did. Like, I'm, tr- and he's interested in the history. So I, I yeah. imagine yeah. it would happen. Yeah. River Queen was another one that I've never seen, but like never feels very, um, I don't like, know about the Queen. Wars. I just yeah. knew that the woman who was in it, what's the actress? Samantha Morton. Yeah. And she had a terrible time and she was mean to everybody. Yeah. My tea oh. about Samantha Morton is that. that she just like asked for a lot of cocaine. <laughs> 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 oh. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there were lots of articles about just like everyone's having a bad time with Samantha Morton. Yeah. Nobody wow. likes her. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. Big fan. <laughs> sure, I actually quite sort like of queen, <laughs> queen behavior. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Australia. Well, now that we've covered the, the plot, now it's time to talk about the heart with most visually pleasing. Oh, I mean, oh, Australia is, is a very hot country. It's a very hot country. Very it's hot, roasty toasty. Stinking hot. Yeah. Um, I feel like from our discussions, this may be a, a an agree agreement. Yeah. There were not that many, like, characters that we spend that much time with, no, honestly, in this film. No, like, there's a no. lot of extras. Yeah. Some of them. We don't spend that much time with that many characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of them have a similar look to them also. We have two, know? like, good-looking people as our leads. But Nicole Kidman has done dirty by this film. Yeah, I was like, going to say, like, her hair situation. Her hairstyles. Yeah. Not, not doing her good. any favors. No. Her hairstylist. Had a grudge on her mm. <laughs> because like, her hairline is just 
yeah. what is happening? It's very yeah. tight. It's very constrained. And I guess at the, at the beginning of the film, I can see them doing that for character reasons. Yeah, yeah. But like, you want to see the point where she's windswept and she's really yeah. just like, you know, going free with being yeah. out but, in there. But, but she never gets the there. hairline is so tight so, and it's mm. so far back in her head that I'm like, oh, what is going it's on? It's not a great look for her. It's and I would be so mad if I were her because Hugh Jackman's hair is perfect. Yeah. yeah. Every fact, time he's on possibly screen. Possibly too perfect for his character, <laughs> yes. I would say. So Hugh Jackman looks good, uh, except for one segment of the film. Where, where he was supposed, supposed to be, to be like, like cleaned up. Cleaned up, uh, yeah. and he doesn't doesn't really work that. But as his drover persona, where he's like out, you know, he's wrangling a the cattle. Kind of, yeah. He's got the... He's American. He's got that stubble. Oily skin. He's got the, like, you know, you know like open Aussie, shirt. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. That, that rugged Aussie charm that, that you like, you know. That rugged, you know, that ochre charm. Um, and his hair is just this little floppy little curl. Was um, there it a show? Perhaps too nice, I think. Like I think yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. there was a show that was a dating show that was just like about like Farmer this... wants a wife. Possibly, it was like a rugged Australian man <laughs> trying to find I'm love. I'm pretty sure that's Farmer wants okay, a wife. Cool. That's the name so of the So that is the appeal. Right. Uh, that's yeah. the appeal. So he's the farmer and he wants a wife, Wait, but he doesn't. Let me look but, it up. <laughs> There's definitely a show called that, which is about a farmer that's like basically the oh. bachelor, but it's a farmer. And were they like a real looker? Like, I, I guess think, so. I think he was. Um, I just Cause we keep, get a, keep talking. We get a lot of Aussies that are like, that are doing the kind of, oh, I'm a, I'm a loud Aussie kind of bloke, but he's really doing the, that kind of crocodile donkey. The there was, kind of there was a 2004 show called Outback Jack. Okay, oh, so he's the Outback that, Jack. That yeah. 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 It was yeah, similar to The Bachelor, like, yeah. but he, right. his appeal was he was rugged and he's, he's like an outback. Yeah, he's an outdoorsy type. <laughs> nice. And he's got the Aussie accent. Oh, crikey. Crikey. We get that a lot in this movie. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Nicole- Hugh Jackman is, it seems, almost doing an accent because I think his own Australian accent is not I mean, as not- broad as this. And yeah. so it feels yeah. like he's really leaning into it. But, you know, he's, obviously he knows how to do it. Yeah. yeah. And but, I guess yeah. to wrap up, most visually pleasing. Yes. He does look steamy and he hot. Looks good. And, oh, Hugh, definitely. and the beard is good. He doesn't Hugh. usually do it for me, but he looks good. It looks yeah. good. This is, I think, at peak hotness for Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. This is like the period of life in which, you know. Yeah. My hot butter is actually Ben Mendelsohn. No, no further comments. <laughs> no further comments for me. I but like his little mo, yeah. I can see it. No further no. comments for yeah. me. <laughs> That's just, you know, I'm going to keep my reasons to myself. Nice. Like a man in a uniform. Um, yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about the, the film. The uh, let's the, talk about the bottles. our bottles from what's hot to, to what's actually hot in the movie. What's <laughs> popping? Yeah, um, it looks beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, you, sometimes it does. The beautiful. lighting is lovely. We yeah. noticed this. They are how so well lit. Yeah, how it starts, especially where um, uh, Nala is Nula. Uh, Nula, sorry. Um, uh, I think is, it is Nala. I think Nala? it's Nala, like like yeah. it's, it's a it's a U. It's, it's not like it Nala, you, yeah, like yeah. from from Lion King. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's Nala. Nala is in the water, and, and Nala is the boy, by the yeah. way. Yes, um, uh, and, and he's he's mixed race. Yeah, yeah. So I and, don't think we said that. Yeah, no, that's true. So yeah, yes, he, this is the the key plot point plot point of yeah. the of the film is yeah. that his his mother uh, is one of the indigenous Australian people that works on the ranch that. Nicole Kidman's husband owned before he got killed, and then like he had was fathered by the the evil David Wenham character. Um, you know, and how uh, evil who was of he? Of course, does mm. does not want to acknowledge him and wants to ship him off to go be reeducated at the mission um, island. Mission. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, and so in that kind of opening sequence where he's in the water and you're thinking as an audience, oh, maybe this is really going to focus on the Aboriginal characters and like make them a, a, a large feature yeah, of this for, the, for these boys, they had this like, you know, you maybe like two minute, two, five minute period at the beginning of the film mm. where you were like, maybe this will be good. Maybe this might this be good. Broken. And I was going like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hugh and, and Nicole haven't shown up at this point. Anyway, yeah, beautiful. The, the, the um, storytelling was, was pretty, like, inventive. Because, like, say what mm. you will about Baz. He's got a sense of, like, whimsy and mm. kind of, like, razzle-dazzle when he has his... Like, he sprinkles a razzle-dazzle on his filmmaking to make it pop mm. and make the stories kind of, you know, they're not necessarily like told in a very straightforward kind of way there's some kind of sheen there's some kind of like Mm. sparkle there's like some cross-cutting there's like interesting ways that he tells stories so like the first few minutes of the film kind of employed that so i was like oh strap strap in it's gonna be a Mm. interesting ride yeah yeah and and so yeah i think where he exceeds is like similar to like everything everywhere all at once it's like this kind of maximalist yeah exactly yeah and so when he's in that zone it's really cool um and this film sometimes is able to employ that i guess in terms of like the cityscapes or like the landscapes i don't know like uh, i have a lot of (laughs) bananas um yeah but good things good things um, I think, yeah, I feel like the composition of the shots is often yeah. really beautiful. There's some nice, like, cinematography in that sense. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the lighting, I think when they, whenever you show, like, the sky, <laughs> like the, the mm. sc- desert sky kind of shots, that always yeah. looks really beautiful. Um, um, I, think, I think on the flip side of that, I'm just going to jump into it, is that, like, sometimes those beautiful shots don't look particularly real <laughs> like, yes especially yeah. like if Some you're selling CG, this you're like as mm. as like you know um selling australia as a destination yes. like you want to rely on the country's natural beauty and so yeah. like making it kind of feel like fairy taley and like heightened like whimsy mm. it's just like it's yeah. not and it's like it's kind of a, a failure of directors for material in that case yeah, because yeah. Baz Luhrmann's whole thing is that he does hyper real and he exactly, does these extreme yeah. colors and he doesn't necessarily film things mm. in the way that you know like yeah. I you mean, want to film landscapes Ga- to look great like Gatsby tourism thing. employs tons of CGI. It uses yeah. like modern songs and it's really like it's interesting. Really we'll interesting. get to that movie. It's, it's visually yeah. popping. Um, at least. But what you we're know, referring like... to is that yeah, Tourism Australia put a lot of money into this film and apparently and one of the reasons guess why is apparently. <laughs> that they were jealous of the big tourism boom that New Zealand had had due to the Lord of the Rings, which was only you know five years previously when yeah. this film came out, that the last Lord of the Rings film came out, um, and so they thought that you know let's let's fund bankroll a big Australian thing like they had previously had success with Crocodile Dundee. A lot of people had come from the states yeah, to visit Australia for that. Mm. They put money into like tours where people could go to all of the different like areas that were mentioned in the film and things like that and they really hoped that it would take off um but yes i I don't believe it did but it's just a fundamental mismatching of director to project because this is trying to be an old school melodrama and that is like maybe the counter opposite of what bears does well Well, i think bears does melodrama he does do well but i don't think he does but yes i think the thing that he like that like what, his what previous do you think... films do is about 
interpersonal like melodrama not about history and realism yes, yes absolutely. Right. i think the real failure here is baz lerman is not a person that should be doing a film about world war Two or the stolen generations or anything that needs like that level of realist respect i yeah. think that's where well he all we the freneticism like has to go out the window because it has yeah, to be this because he's reverential got to treat things with reverence. Well, that's what and i that's mean not, he does. he's not a reverential filmmaker it's, it, yeah it is a bad fit because stylistically it's not it's not his aesthetic. Yeah. Like what yeah. you want from a Baz Luhrmann film, if you're a fan, yeah. is like the heightened. You want um, that puppy like. Yeah, it's similar to like, like I was talking about Fury Road. It's similar to George Miller of just yeah. like you don't know what the camera is going to do, and it's really exciting and and invigorating. And you, want, you want a, yeah. a vibrancy, you yeah. know? Like, whereas like a story like this, especially when it's rooted like. Maybe if it was only a romance adventure, like that style that, could work. That, again, that could work if but, you're doing, and you could be a bit more silly and like really ex- play into melodrama. With exactly. It. Mm. Plus, you've got like you know, like a a, a whole history of, of similar films to pull from. You know. Yeah. But because it is rooted in something that's so important that the story is so like has to be sensitively told because mm. you don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. And yeah. He, he he. He couldn't do it because one, he has to pay respect, but also, I don't think he just did well, even well, when I, he pulled back. Like, yeah, with well, these kind of stories, like, that's like stripping him of all of his skill set. Yeah, like, of like, his. That's just he's not. Yeah, it's like he's with these kind of stories. Like, oh yeah, with with like something like Gone with the Wind, like it's an epic scale, right? But you need to like care about those two kind of characters in order to kind of engage with them. Yeah. And you know, Gold with the One famously sacrifices caring about anything yeah. like you anything know, else. politically yeah. totally. important. Yeah. <laughs> because it's focused on these but, two like, white people's you, romance. When you look back at like Baz Luhrmann's kind of films, I don't think like characters are kind of like automatons for him, right? Like they, they serve their kind of purpose, but like I don't know how much I like absolutely deeply engage with like Ewan McGregor's character, or like, like it's the, the inner film. lives of characters. Yeah, is not it's really like what the, the film well. energy is able to like highlight that character's interiority as opposed to like effectively like engaging with it through directing performance. Mm. Um, and I feel like, yeah, reading Fury Road again, like Miller had a similar kind of thing where the, like the film highlights that as opposed to like them yeah. being able to give a detailed performance. And I think. Yeah, and this, it's like, it really requires us to, like, zone in and connect with these two people, and I don't think he's got that kind of skill set, so you've just got these two kind of archetypes of, like, oh, I'm very British, and he's like, oh, I'm American, now what's up? And, and then, then it's it, like, that, it never really progresses past that. And they stop that, that relationship, you know, that relationship stops being the key part of the film, like, yeah. a third of the way in. Yeah. Well, it's just too many things to juggle. Like, yes. Because yeah. if it's that, just that, too I feel like stuff. if that was just the story, I think he could have succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So there is so much happening. Like we talked about this a little bit before, but just to give you a sense of our experience watching this film, mm. there's this point about maybe a halfway, a third of the way in, yeah. where uh, the first big challenge of the film is complete. Uh, against all odds, losing two lives along the way, mm. uh, the drover and Lady Ashley are able to... Uh, get all of the cattle off the farm and into Darwin and like sell them to, to be sold. Um, and they've managed to like, yeah, achieve this big feat and have gained a newfound respect and fallen in love in the process of that. And we get to the end of that and we're like, ah, well, the film is done. And then it just keeps going for even longer. Like it's the point where yeah, James that point pointed is about out, like an hour in. We are not even at the halfway point, and that's the that like Matt and I just like groaned. I know. <laughs> like, well, and the wild thing no. is, like after that, it goes into like this kind of montage, 
um, sequence uh, by the narrator, the young boy. Mm. Well, the whimsy comes back. The whimsy randomly. comes back. Yeah. Just every so often the whimsy will just pop back for a bit. Yeah. And so we're going through this montage. We've got the whimsy, the montage of like, oh, them settling down, like the rain comes and they like settle back into their home and what's called something downs? Uh, far, far away, away downs. downs. Which is made up kind of place but it was um because it's just an estate you know yeah. it's not a um and during that montage we find out that fletcher the um david wenham character the big bad yeah, yeah. kills his boss by <laughs> pushing him into a crocodile, crocodile pond and it's told through montage we don't get the scene yeah which is could have been a really good character moment <sighs> for him good good scene for both actors and also just like Death by crocodile, like that's a scene. That'd be a great scene to see. It's such like we need a little bit of like, like lean into the genreiness of it because I think of the you've got a moustache twirling villain here. I think like make him moustache. The person that I most enjoy in this film in terms of performance is probably David Wenham, like because he's most like, (laughs) like I don't like Hugh's doing okay and Ben Mendelsohn's kind of interesting but he doesn't get enough to do. But like Wenham is like he's a baddie and he's you know he's he's a jerk he's a baddie but he's not in the it's weird so the film is really just this tug of war of like trying to be reverent yeah yeah but also trying to like infuse some whimsy in it and have this adventure and it just doesn't work either way you can't do both and it's just comes up like a muddled mess yeah the the final third of the film is an entire separate plot line again so we've got the that the little boy has been taken away to mission island which is where they take all of the um, mixed race uh indigenous australian slash white boys yeah um and you know to sort of you know clearly like beat the indigenousness out of them Mm. um and then have, depicts the oh yeah and then like they've they, it's particularly bad that they've been sent there we're, we're told because the japanese are about to bomb the city and everybody's evacuating yeah but then of course they come early and so there is this whole big sequence where like everybody thinks that everyone's died and like the the boys have clearly all died and they thinks that uh lady sarah's died when she was somewhere and the drover thinks that everybody's died and then we have this huge sequence of like them having to rush back and her trying to get to the boy and then him going out and sailing to go rescue the boys and their other friend sacrificing himself to save it's them just, and it's like that is enough for literally like a whole film well, there's it's, so it's, much it's too stuff much. happening like yeah. what like i think at some point i made the comment that they like stuffed both the plot for the original movie and the sequel into yes, one movie it's like a trilogy of films that there's just too much going on there are so many times where like more, like all of all three of us would be like what's happening yeah <laughs> this is too much we're going just like, on we can understand why you have to go from here to here but why are we doing it what's the <laughs> like... and then you're filling it with <sighs> useless scenes in the middle that's like not informing us about the story or the character yeah. or you're having to rely on exposition or it's so we're just enough but there's like yeah. so many things to well, inform us there's, about there's so like... many <laughs> scenes where you're like oh i get it now or, like, i should have gotten that like five scenes ago it feels torn between like trying to tell this love story it's kind of swashbuckling and then also like trying to tell this horrendous like racism that is prevalent in australia Mm. um towards aboriginals and like that's most represented in a scene where hugh jackman thinks that sarah nicole kidman's character is dead right and he's like lost all hope and instead of being like i'm gonna go see her body and weep over her he tries to go into this bar that is previously prohibited um like his friend from coming in because he's an aboriginal um and then 
it's this whole scene where it's like, give him a goddamn, give him a fucking drink. Um, he needs to come in, and then they drink together. And yeah, so and then the bartender is cured of his racism. Well, the, yeah. well, comes the thing to help is, so it's 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 weird. It's a weird <laughs> scene. So like everything, like the whole faraway dance Darwin area has been bombed to like hell and yeah, back. Like so like flames. literally, these everyone in this community has nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this person, the bartender, still has time to be racist <laughs> by refusing this you know aboriginal person I hold to my service. principles yeah and it's oh. just like so and this this is like Hugh you know it's so stupid like why why are you still racist exactly. at this point in the film yeah. and then this, so like they resolve that and then they like you know he has the drink Hugh has a big dramatic scene and it's not like his racism is cured or anything. But I he, get, but it, he does then come to help them rescue all of the Aboriginal boys from the island. He does help them, but also <laughs> at that point, he's not the one who dies. Like the Aboriginal yeah. friend is the mm. one who has, um, to, sacrifice has to sacrifice himself to die. So I'm just, and, and then he's just warmly received. Like what is the yeah. narrative that you're telling yeah. that like yeah we were definitely like either the bartender should have sacrificed himself and then it would have at least made but sense but also he didn't <laughs> how did his racism just get it's so stupid to me and the way they treat their aboriginal characters yeah I think just, this is a key, a key problem with this film with yeah. just not just the friend but also the mother is the one who died and yeah. then yeah she dies while trying to hide from police all and it of the, 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 the all, all of the indigenous characters except for Nala have like next to no dialogue 100 like, like yes. no lines it's such a it's 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 just so like infuriatingly white allyship thing of like yeah. we're gonna tell the story about this really important yeah. issue but we're gonna center these two white people and, and we're not gonna actually have any adult indigenous people and, in this, and characters really like the thing that, that have lines and don't just stand there and do mystical stuff because yeah. we also have a very much the, the magical well, that's the thing well that's that what they rely on yeah. as well when they're telling the aboriginal point of view of the story it's so couched in like the magical galupa yeah. stuff which could you know obviously is probably part of aboriginal culture but they the lean on it so used, much and the way it's it is used. very much an exact recreation of the, you know, like the magical Negro 100%. trope is the name, but like it's, it carries over here exactly the thing where it's all of this magic is getting used solely to serve the white main characters and mm. to help them along yeah. in and, their story. And you've got like an actor like um, David uh, uh, Gulpil. Yeah, David Gulpil. Um, who's just like this legendary um, Aboriginal actor who has been in like films like Nicholas Rogue's Walkabout and he's been in The the Proposition and just tons and tons Crocodile Dundee um, and like this is one of his final films before he passed away and like and he's yeah he's relegated to to just inspiring on the side yeah um, he basically just stands at a distance and looks over yeah. throughout the entire film until he finally kills David Wenham at the end yeah and, and it's just like literally, it's just, it's it's just so. It's a Deus Ex Machina. Weird, <laughs> like, because like this this film again in its opening crawl it tells of the story of the lost. Yeah, generation. of the stolen generation. The and stolen it's generation. Like you, but it's not it's, really. You're not telling that story you're because like you're not centering Incorporating that story. it as part of the story. It's about, part of the dressing of the story. Exactly. In the same so, way, like it tells that story as much as you could say, like this tells the story of the soldiers of World War Two, which it exactly. does not either. Yeah. <laughs> like, like wait, when we were watching the film, I was reminded because um, 
I think it's David was also in um, Rabbit Proof Fence, and I was mm, like, "Oh, yes. I remember that film." Yeah, but it's like that is a movie that is explicitly like it has That's the focus of the story, yeah. and the children yeah. are the main characters. They're the, like they're the main characters, and you know, it's a very you know simple, from what I remember, like black and white story. But it's telling that fucking story. But also, it's just so tricky, like filling a story that's so important and so should be delicately handled with something like like the magical stuff like yeah. one he shouldn't be telling it there is a way that you could tell the story but he, it's, yeah Baz Luhrmann I don't think there is a way for him to Baz Luhrmann so. <laughs> like, even tackling this Baz, in that no. angle it's just yeah you should have quit yeah like <laughs> well, the, I think the most egregious kind of moment is there's like there's this massive like stampede because uh, because David Wenham's character like caused an explosion and they're running a muck honestly I did like the section it was, it was a fun thrilling. section it was a good like action sequence <laughs> it was very yeah. thrilling yeah because well, they were riding huge cliff yeah. yeah on the edge of the cliff yeah, yeah. and the cows are falling over the cliff <laughs> oh yeah the cows oh my oh, god, god. Oh. It, oh god it was high drama right? yeah my pulse was like tingling like, yeah. yeah and so uh, the the drunk friend uh who yeah who's we just haven't really talked about flynn? He's flynn. kipling flynn kipling his flynn. Name. yes uh, he's like he tries to be inspiring and like oh let's do this and somehow he falls gets trampled we see far too much of that footage yes I, uh trampled by like a thousand cows like honestly in any other film i would be like oh gross why did we see that but honestly it's one of the few times i had like a really strong reaction in this film <laughs> yeah. i think it was the like oh, oh. but then, we were, the fact that then well, he was alive afterwards for well, enough to have his final uh, words well we real well the journey was we realized that he was going to get trampled. So I was like, oh my God, he's going to get killed by Stephanie. Yeah. What a bad way to die. And then they show us him getting trampled for a good like three to four seconds. Yeah, you see like a body, which is clearly a dummy. And, and it's like, hair is getting so stunned. many, so And we're many like, he's dead. <laughs> he's kaput. He's we well didn't need to see dead. that. But oh my God. Yeah. And then later on, we just, he, he survives the stampede. Somehow. Yeah. He's on a, still, still got enough time to tell everybody to have a drink on him. And you know what? Makeup um, department, you slayed. Well done. Because... It was gross. It was gross, gross and not like fake looking like a lot of the film. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get to my... I'll say my get, point. Get to point. your point. Get to um, your point. Yeah, so like eventually there, there comes a point where it looks like the boy is about to be run down as well and he puts out his hand and he uses the magic and all the the cattle stop um which is just a very like convenient like hollywood use of that kind of magic i guess yeah um, and it's very much like you know like it's it's they're like okay. it's like it means whatever they want it to mean at any yeah. one point yeah there was also a point where they were like they were gonna cross through like a really dangerous part of the yeah, desert. Yeah, so the, the two Neverland. friends. Um, I don't remember the friends' names. There's two uh, the, yeah. two friends that uh, help out the drover. Yeah, and one of them's like, "Oh, if you go that way, you're gonna have to go through Never Neverland." And they're like, "Oh no!" But then King George appears and does some sort of uh, magic. Well, they well, the other David, David Gopal. No, that's David Gopal. But the friend is called David. Oh, is he David as well? Oh, right. I don't know the name of the actor. But anyways, <laughs> the friend he says it's a three day journey, yeah. and right. it's very dangerous. Yeah. Um. But instead of like Showing seeing the drone, all we see is like a strange montage. We get like a Terrence Malick cut <laughs> of like no idea what was happening. Well, it was like fish being risen. Fish. It was like environment. The fog. It was like David Gulpel doing. He's singing his in the fog. Ritual, and yeah. then there was like. F- 
skies like blue skies and then we see the 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 headlines of the paper being which is like maybe they they've all died yeah and then they're but like also, never who? mind they came to, to to darwin and it was all good and i'm like but i don't know what happened like i don't know how they yeah. got here yeah <laughs> but like don't say that it's very dangerous and not show us how dangerous it yeah. is exactly. that's like screenwriting like, one honestly if you showed the dangerous passage of that and then you got to the town then you're at your good 90 minutes yeah. mark by the time yeah. we get to the town we can cut there and then we've got it yeah. pretty much yeah. finished i think and then you can uh, have like that that romance comedy that we were looking for that romance yeah. drama epic yeah. you need to see them face adversity right yes. so like during that bit with the explosion uh, and then the cows stampeding, great, good fun, exciting. You find out that <sighs> Fletcher has poisoned the water and some of the cows are like dead and sick. I'm like, ooh, you know I adversary. Like, you need to see them go up against things that are difficult because then you want to see them succeed. Like, I th- even <laughs> like with the bombings, it's like, it, it's just disembodied like bombs. So then they're just in this environment like you need to see some level of pushing against some kind of adversary oh god there is a good film about the romance comedy that baz would have been good at especially if like hugh was the one who was you know maybe working for carney and then like he's Mm. a rough larrikin at first and then he meets this like lady who changes his life and actually he's conflicted it's like and there's also a good movie about the lost generation the silent generation not made by baz Luhrmann. yeah yeah and I there's think... a good movie about the bombing of Darwin, also not made by Blair. And I'm, honestly, I'm like, yeah, Baz Luhrmann, don't do a Stolen Generations film. That's not for you. Yes. But I'm like, if you want to, like, essentially include, like, indigenous characters, and you think what they've done here um, is they've done what I refer to as the South Pacific plot. Sure. Um, mm. Where rather than what actually would make sense, I think, for a romance, and would I think is still too scary for directors, oh, would 100%. be Nicole Kidman yeah. and an indigenous Australian man as a yeah. romantic partner, they have then gone for Hugh Jackman, who is, they're like, everybody, oh, you're basically a black. Um, yeah. Because his previous wife who died was Aboriginal. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's the same thing as in South Pacific. You've got, mm. like, the whole thing is that, like, oh, they can't be together because he has half like Pacific Island children because his previous wife was a Pacific Islander. Yeah. And that's about, that's why them, these two white people together solves racism. Yeah. And yeah. so we've got the same kind of hoop jump to show why these two white people together solves racism Gosh. without the scary thing I mean, of also, showing a, a, a lily white woman with a, yeah, yeah. with a little white, lily white woman. She's man. also not racist. Yeah. <laughs> she's not racist she's not at racist all. at all it never comes up uh, no prejudices no, whatsoever no prejudice. yeah. I guess um, she was a little bit at the beginning until she saw David Wenham like beating the boy maybe I can't remember I feel like she still was like oh but he's a little boy he's a bit yeah. scary that he's in my house yeah. but I will say, you know she never has any racism towards Nala the friend David not David Gulper I thought he had a couple of good scenes yeah, he was pretty yeah, good. Absolutely. I mean, uh, he's got a pretty underwritten character. I yeah, mean, like, but nobody's really that overwritten. He was the one who gave me the time. most soul in yeah. the film. It's not a very good acting ensemble, mm. I would say. I would even say that, like, sometimes they're terribly, like, bad. Like, yeah. they're, like, um, Nicole There's some points K- where they're very big. Like, like Nicole Kidman at the start. Oh, my God, Nicole terrible. Kidman, I don't really care for her very much as a personality but like she's a good actress she has served 
in like many different films. This is not one of her career highlights. No. No. And, and I hate to say her like prig kind of like, oh, I'm the British woman personality at the I'm beginning of the film quite. is like so annoying. <laughs> like, she's so annoying. She's so annoying. And she's up to 11 the entire time. Like every single, single thing that Hugh Jackman does, she's like, oh, oh, God, oh goodness. And like screaming. Yeah. And it's just irritating to be with this character. Yeah. One other like bizarre little thing. I, it reminded me of when she's like in the in the car and she the one of the fun bits is she sees kangaroos jumping along. It's like, oh, it's beautiful, oh, beautiful kangaroos. Oh. And then one of them gets shot and she's like, ah, and screams out into the camera, which is very fun. Yeah. fun. I did enjoy her like glasses, which never made a the comeback. The glasses were oh, very funny. They were very good. stylish. And then the the the, the veil that she had over I, it. I would have enjoyed her struggling with a high SPF. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. give me. Give me and like she was also sunburned. immediately great at all the film work. Like I, I understand her being good at riding and that being the yeah, skill. Yeah, because she we she we saw her riding in England. She yeah. was in a costume. I do think we need to see her getting like you know like she's gonna she, work, work on a well, kettlebell. Yeah, well she like, has to like fail to also. That. But yeah. also it's key to making us like her character yeah. she has to fail a little bit like yeah. especially if she's like coming or stuck up yeah and maybe that's fine but mm. if we see her like get knocked down a peg and then yeah. show some humility show some respect to the land that she's in she sees the beauty of australia and she could be our eyes seeing this a, beautiful land I yeah. think it's a which is not story, fake at all <laughs> but i think just telling that smaller story of like yeah just this like fish out of water type romance yeah. between these characters you know yeah. whether it's jetman and nicole kippen or if they they do my more like, anti-racist yes. idea mm. um but you know but you have this thing of like oh it's the man from australia who uh is you know it's more the big the big down movie stars, dirty, but yeah. also is like you know like afraid of commitment and he wants yeah, to yeah, drove yeah. and he doesn't want to be well, an employee was, i'm like okay so, so funny that like, like you can i can see it as a romantic comedy as a romance film that's great that, that could be a whole film we don't need to have so much other shit in here that's making us not get to have time to get to know yeah. and love in, these characters in terms of the romance also so, like, they got to a point where, like, they were very happy together. Yeah. They'd seemingly, like, um, overcome... They have, like, six months throughout the yeah, entire week Yeah, they've overcome season. their, like, you know, problems as yeah. a couple. And then Hugh Jackman is miraculously, like, afraid of commitment. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. He was, like, not afraid before. And he he was willing wanna... to wear a suit that looked ugly on him. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like two movies, honestly, because it, everything oh, it got wrapped up. And, you know, wears a suit and he's, you know, nice and he's happy. And it seems like he's willing to give up the drove of life or at least, like, you know, be able to cohabitate with her. And then, yeah, they just chuck a bunch of other problems. And then, you know, suddenly Nala's like, oh, are you a man? Like, you know. I've got to yeah, go walk it was about. weird. Yeah. 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 Hell, yeah. Bunch of it, it was very, just, <laughs> just like the so toxic mas- masculinity <laughs> like, jumped out. <laughs> Um, also, Hugh, famously, I'm not a fan. Yeah. He famously. Worked, we have covered a lot of Hugh films. We have had so many moments where Matt's <laughs> Visually, discussed how much he does not like Hugh. <laughs> like, you know Visually, personality-wise, like skill-wise. Yeah, but he, it's was, okay. he was fine. But there were some moments where the old... <sighs> Karaoke. The old, just when I thought he'd left, oh, the old Hugh, Hugh comes that. back oh, with the ham that. and the glaze. and the, with the whispering. The whispering. Right. It's just the uber seriousness. Like, yeah. I remember he had, like, one kind of, like, sad scene where I could see the cogs behind his head just, like, yeah. looking for that kernel of, like, that, sadness. This like, is my scene. I yeah. want to cry. I'm mm. just like... Oh. He just doesn't work on screen a lot of the time for me. He often goes really big. 
some He's of the stage sudden, actor who got famous on screen exactly I feel but some know? people That's also some people adapt pretty well yeah he's not great is he better here or in here 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 there's so much less here he's yeah, not yeah. he's not caring all showman, of it here. he's like, like doing him. the whole thing is like yeah, he's so big in the show just I like, like him singing the performing bit. that's true that's true that he looked like here he looks the bar scene is good but that's the only good scene and and Greatest that was showman. good also because of zach efron yeah, yeah. and to, that barman to me yeah barman was he looks better here he looks good i'm distracted by how he looks that's good that's one less point off of him <laughs> he doesn't do all of the heavy lifting nicole kidman by comparison is more annoying that's one point towards him yeah so don't watch les mis where he looks <laughs> yeah. bad he yeah. looks bad and it's all him the whole time so and, and also loading. this Harder. doesn't require for most of the running time doesn't require like big acting like nah. like when he goes for it he's bad but here it just has to be rugged australian man who's charming mm. so which works for him for the most part and then he gets a little bit wonky towards the end when you know there are some scenes where he's okay he's effective and then there are some where i'm like oh i can see yeah he hasn't quite gotten the dramatic (laughs) uh punch to to some of his his more um weighty scenes well just like that not being earned like whole moments in this film like the score oh my god, like, yes. goes for it and it's yeah. like oh my god he's back with all the fucking horses and it's like da, 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 da. you're there's like what? Yeah, it's maybe half an hour into the film and there's this very triumphant score and we're all like this is not <laughs> right what's happening? Check out Hugh Jackman guys I was like okay he's turned back up here he is okay was this like yeah, the the rain, the big ball sequence with the rain as well. I wanted yeah. to be so romantic, and it was just not. I feel like that's the first time Nicole Kidman has played in the rain in like forty years. Well, they like <laughs> it's, like they started with like it's like a whatever mid shot or whatever, and they're like kissing and stuff, and you can see people dancing in the street, and it cuts to a wide, and you expect it to be like filled with people, and it's just like not that many people, and they're dancing, I, and I, it just looks a bit a bit. I mad. do say that that ball sequence is one of the more enjoyable ones just because of the characters that oh, yeah. we got introduced yeah. to. Yeah. There was like these There's character... Some wo- very funny extras. Very funny extras. There were these like character actresses Australian yeah. who looked yeah. really snooty. There were some racist men who looked very much racist. Extremely like, yeah. We were so good. <laughs> just stereotypical. Yeah, I would have liked some more like, I don't know. Maybe just more some, cartoony racism. Well, yeah, or just because some... That's, if that's what they were Or just, just yeah. some of, more but of the world know. of this this town you know like i want to see the other characters like i don't know i want to see faraway downs like i didn't really need a lot of this film you know Mm. like Mm. there's some interesting stuff in the film but i don't know hugh's suit is bad bad because she forced him she forced forced him him to wear that and he looks like a waiter and it was oversized he was clean cut i was like no 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 you are a waiter another thing that doesn't uh really fit in any other category but i'm just gonna chuck it out is when they're driving people uh come up to the car (laughs) and just run not just people so i found this yeah i found a bit weird super fast at running apparently can run as fast as a car and they can keep pace have a whole conversation get kissed on the cheek yes and <laughs> also away. that girl did never not come came back, back. No. i thought we were gonna find she out was, what their relationship she was, was only, yeah. she never came she was back. only there purely so nicole was like oh well you like kissing girls you're clearly having it on with all of the girls on the because yeah. he talks about horses and saying they're gorgeous creatures and she's well like, yeah she's there was like, oh, you're thinking you're talking about me yeah they're yeah. talking about he thinks she thinks that he's talking about women 
where he's talking about horses. What to do. And I'm just like, the screenplay. Oh, the screenplay. Well, it's written, famously written by four people. Needed another writer on this yeah. to <laughs> fix it up. Well, Not enough cooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck another one in. Hey, I mean, it worked for Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and speaking of like things that don't pop up again, yes, we had like this glimmer. <laughs> we, we had this completely tiny, random scene, tiny glimmer that we had to go back and rewind. Oh, oh yes, okay. So I'm there. in the background of <laughs> a scene, there was a shot of a lady in like full geisha full, like, kimono, like traditional yeah. Japanese geisha makeup. makeup and a little parasol. And it's, <laughs> But it's like, a, a not even a second, a split second. A so split the point second. We had to go back to be like, was that and, just Matt and or she, did we all see She it? wasn't even in the foreground. She was background. like a blur, couldn't see her face. Yeah. But she was clearly in like full, like Japanese traditional costume. And we're like, why Why was that there? That never came back. And then they were like, don't worry, we've got some more East Asian representation. Yeah, so like here. all of the East Asian representation is just like, you know, servants and like you have that one character so who's got the cook. The, yeah, like of the employees of the ranch, they don't like everybody quits uh, because, uh, oh yeah, well, so I don't think we mentioned this, but David Wenham's character starts out as being like the head like employee of that ranch. And mm. then because he's racist to the little boy. He like um, starts whipping him and stuff. Yeah, his, own, his own boy. Um, Nicole Kidman fires him and then he's like right well everybody else is going to quit too like I, I'm in charge of all these men so everybody leaves and the only remaining employee is this cook whose <laughs> name is like Sing Sing Some, or something yeah. it's yeah. like Gosh. very like okay um, very J.K. Rowling name yeah, yeah. Uh, who you know is barely in it has a couple of lines which are just kind of but that's, he's that's just always opting up being like no really that's crazy like, it's just so window dressing. So yeah. like, what? So like, what? there were Asians here too, as well. Exactly, but like, give them a, a good character. Like, yeah, and he also all, all of the other Aboriginal characters, like yeah. Brandy, the Brandy. The, the maid. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? What is her character? The mom. What was her character? Her character, like, all she gets is this triumph, like you know, like heroic death where she dies. But to also, save her son, I'm I guess. still just so pissed for that lady who had to get in full like yeah. Japanese guy who <laughs> to not even like feature on the film. Well, for one second and they could have like I, I don't know done a thing you know in Julius Caesar where they like try and target Casca but it's the wrong Casca like maybe when the Japanese bomb them they like oh, how dare you you know you're Japanese you know some racist bullshit some or whatever stuff. like you know they didn't have time I guess I, no. mean, I'm like, I guess look, we don't have time for more stuff yeah. it just boggles my mind because later on obviously like the Japanese like attack darwin so i'm like what is the purpose yeah of it's like what did it's, you see that in there what? like maybe yeah. they had a, an idea they were going to do that and then they got rid of that plot line so they cut the but they still had that character in the background for i'm half a so second. confused um, it was it just yeah, boggled anyway, me. i was just annoyed that the one asian guy had to be the cook and everybody else could ride a horse and be cool and help on the That's trove true, and he just yeah. had to follow behind him I think the classic. Cooking, and i was like i think we okay. saw him on the horse at one but, point. but he's just, not but he wasn't allowed to help with the drive no, it's just classic emasculation yeah like it's like okay I mean, look, good for him for getting the bag, getting. <laughs> look, he got employed. Yeah, he came yeah. Like, and he was. Yeah, apparently even he came Australian. from Hong Kong. We yeah. found he's not he's even not even Australian ABC. actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, I. What else do I want to talk about? Um, the fucking hackneyed um, use of the Wizard of Oz. In uh, yes. Oh, because, Wizard of Oz. We were just like, okay, I guess they're doing also, a funny thing. Whose smart Australia. idea was it? It was like Oz Australia. But then they, it just kept back. I was like, this light motif <laughs> for the boy. Coming. He was like, I'm gonna sing the Wizard like Summer well, of the Rainbow. Out, and... Yeah. So Nicole Kidman like 
it's in a newspaper and he's like what's that and she tries to describe it and tells it terribly she does a terrible yeah. job of telling and the then story. there's a terrible rendition and of the song it, i do I guess she forgot all the words and doesn't do know the tune which love is fair that the boy is like your voice is funny but the song <laughs> yeah, is yeah, good yeah. <laughs> yeah. and somehow from that he's able to like remember the song and, and play it and on the words and do it and how does he know it correctly yeah when the person who when she's and also it, didn't all know the it boys who escaped from mission island <laughs> all know it they, they sing it as a choir it. also yeah. how did they have act- so like we saw that okay, this film like, no he went to go see it at the cinema he did so that's how he learned. we did but, but how also, did the rest of the boys know exactly but also this film was set in 1939 the year that the wizard of Oz came out they were in australia the how reels did, they get- did not make how- it we, yeah. we how all did they- know how long and how did they get it delay for listeners in our childhood in the 90s and thousands movies would come out sometimes six months later in new zealand six months is generous you know sometimes even a whole year the movie hadn't come here they hadn't shipped the dvds over to put they hadn't shipped the reels yeah of film whereas there they get it they get it right away Yeah. yeah i'm just like why Oz. Like, what is the... It's literally, they're just like, Australia? We call our country Oz. I know. Ah. But, like, what a disservice to, like, penning a nice song from an Australian artist or using an Australian standard, like yeah. Walter Matilda or just or writing a new song. Exactly. That's what Australians I mean. hate Walter Matilda. Though, right? I know, I know. But, but who cares? Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's also always a disservice to your film to reference another classic film throughout. And people go like, I could be watching Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably an watch American it twice film? and it would be done. Like... Um, yeah, yeah. But... I don't know. It's just like, if so, then give me a, a stronger parallel between Oz and Australia. Like, yeah. the, it's hard, it's tough, it's rough, you know, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I'm like Dorothy. I don't know. I've seen so many bad Wizard of Oz. I'm all Wizard of Oz out. Yeah. There's some things that we don't need any more of. Alice in Wonderland. Matt, Pinocchio. It's it's the public domain. I know. Yeah. IP, free IP. Free IP. <laughs> but, oh, the Pinocchio yeah. trailer. But dad, <laughs> how can I go out on my own? <laughs> I completely forgot uh, I saw but that. Dad. But dad. <laughs> but also we're getting two, apart from that, we're getting two more Pinocchio stories this year. One live action and one animated. I'm going to drop it in here. Okay, you got you to hear it. James is going to drop it in. Father, when can I leave to be on my own? I've got the whole world to see. Oh. Oh. All right. Uh, laughs, do we have anything laughs, else to say about laughs. this? I no. feel like we're wrapping up. We're running out of material. I, I do want to say like a couple more things. Okay. One, for a Baz Luhrmann film, I expected the production design and costume design to Some be chance. much to be better. Something. Yes. Much yeah. better. Like the best costume design was probably Nicole Kidman's ball outfit, which was one weirdly Chong Sammy. Did look good on her. I feel like that was of the time. Of the though. time. Like they did a lot of but like I, chinoiserie I, fashion, I think, mm. and that. That period? That's true. Mm. But also, I wanted more glamour from it. I yeah. wanted yeah. more of Whoa. that spectacle in that ball scene. Or even just in her day-to-day outfits. They were all kind of the same genre. Well, I mean, if she's mm. from England and, you know, there's this whole, like, tension and opposites, then we need to see her opposite in fashion. And, but yeah. also, mm. I saw, like, they started off real strong with the glasses and the big hat and the net. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're in for a costume ride. Mm. That's all I expect. At, yeah. at the very least for a Baz Luhrmann film. Like, they at least didn't even... much more fun with, like, exactly. the ridiculousness of her well, outfit. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's what, and also, that, that like, helps, 
like with a contrast to Hugh Jackman. That's yeah. so funny. Mm. Like it's a classic. It's Taylor's oldest time, but it works. Okay, it works. It's funny. She should have a first time like going out like on the field. Or yeah, she's, she's got like the hat terrible. with the corks because she's heard yeah. about them. And you then, know, and everybody's and like, then oh, the, is that real? And then the horse like you know rides past her, and the mud gets on her. Oh. Classic. Oh. Oh. Classic taking her down a peg, but it's funny because she deserves it. Yeah, because she's haughty and stuck up. Yeah. Um. So that was what my my one gripe. I do also want to finish with um. So Australia is beautiful when it was green. <laughs> yes. There were some beautiful shots of Australia. Now and- like, I will say this is like we start the film and Matt's like, oh, Australia's ugly. <laughs> I said Australia doesn't photograph beautifully sometimes. No, that is not what you said. I think absolutely not what you said. The Australia terrain, like it it fits certain films better than others, and like it's harsh and it's rough and it's brutal. There's some beautiful shots. So like, there's definitely like the crags and like the the cliffs and like there's some shots that are really nice. And also when it's more verdant, it's beautiful. But there are also some shots where I'm like, you're not selling Australia very well naturally and also artificially yeah so i do wonder what the australian um tourism commission thought of the film in the end but also if you're doing a tour what sites would you visit because that thing is fake go to faraway lands is fake or whatever i mean it's just an estate i guess all those rocks and cliff sides sure sure yeah Probably they have a. Th- maybe they have the estate. Maybe they built it and left it up like it's just, Hobbiton. It's just a, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how they would have felt because it it feels like a film that has had a ton of interference. Like yeah. it, I don't know if anyone is happy with how that film came out because yeah. it's just it's four or Where's five. Where's the blood, or sweat, six. and crime for this for this film? Uh, exactly. Well, do we? Well, want to? Yeah. I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Also, just like the boldness of of naming your film. Australia. Australia. I'm like struggling to think of any other film that's just a country name. Really. Well, yeah, I, I, Australia. I was thinking of this. So I, there's a play called Switzerland, which is about Patricia Highsmith, oh, sure. um, where she lived in Switzerland mm. the last few days. But it's not a, a, attempting to be about no. Switzerland. Switzerland as a country. There's a movie and TV series called This Is England, which is a pretty good film. Um, sure, yeah, I do. Yeah, um, but the This Is is in there. Too, yes, like, you've got This Is to know, kind this of. This is America. Like, it's a different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, I can't think of much out. There's Philadelphia, which obviously you know, a is a state. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, a lot, a lot. Nebraska. Yeah. Like. yeah, yeah. But in terms of whole countries. Yes, there's a film called America, America by Elia Kazan. But right. I don't know. I've never seen it. You've got Out of Africa. But, you know, it's not just on, it's not one. <laughs> James Africa. And it's, it's not, not a country. country. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, Although that's an even more ambitious Undertaking if it was just <laughs> Africa. Yeah, world. Oh my god. I just speaking of Charlize, it still cracks me like up. Whenever Asia. whenever I see Charlize Theron's um Instagram and it's just Charlize Africa. That's her Instagram. <laughs> okay, calm down. Yeah. Charlize Africa. I don't think there's anywhere else. I mean, like, we'll have a look. Mm. I think there's a film called France, but I'm not hundred percent sure about that. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. It's French. Yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like we're about ready to wrap this thing up, so let's get to our mm. bag. Or boots. Cool. All right. I'll go first. Um, watching this in the final scene, I was like, this is like watching a national anthem. Like, it's boring and dull. <laughs> watching a national anthem? Yeah, it just feels like a national anthem as a film. It's just, it's overly 
patriotic. But I don't know if it was overly patriotic. It's not even honestly. patriotic. Yeah, it's, just like like it's just like it's just trying clumsy. to be sweeping and soaring, and it, it it doesn't even achieve that because yeah, I just think it's a fundamental mismatching of director to project. Um, I love Baz Luhrmann. I think he's he's a wild lunatic, and we haven't talked about it, but, but I can't wait for whatever Elvis is coming out. Oh, do we um, ha- we have to see it? It has oh, to be our next. That could be our final, our final yeah, one. Or like, well, I don't know when it's going to come out. When does it come? We out? don't know when it comes out, but, but like when it, has, it comes out, it has to be our next Hasaguchi. It has to be yeah, the next. Yeah, yeah, yes, you know, it has to be our next Elvis current. Yeah, um, Elvis. Check out the trailer Promise. if you haven't already. Yeah. Tom Hanks's performance seems wild. Um, All right. Uh, as um, as the colonel, um, <laughs> literally as the guy from KFC, it feels like. Anyway, uh, it's a biff. Um, this is terrible. Uh, I lay on the ground and I started doing like James started yoga doing and some stretches like calming yoga poses because to finish the film. I was so bored. Yeah, uh, this is a bit from me. I don't have much more to say about it. It was a bit when I saw it. Like, at least I remember it being like, oh, okay, but quite boring. Um, and it's just boring. It was it was bad. Biff. I just, it's so funny how we struggle to even wa- name one good thing about this film. We're like, it's well uh, lit. And then I was like, we, I don't, I can't think of anything. Even that had an asterisk with it. It's yeah. like, there's some shots that are nice. Yeah. Look, I came into this actually being like, open-minded because i saw moulin rouge did not like it it was too much for me more on that later Mm. i saw the great gatsby i was like yes i like this one more on that later um so i was like there was a hope for australia for me like it didn't appeal to me back then but i was like now i'm like maybe it's like the african queen maybe it's like um romancing the stone that kind of movie so there was a chance that this really appealed to me but you know, as you listened in the last hour or so, I don't know how long this episode is, that oh. I really, really liked it. And I'm lying right now. <laughs> and also, I wanted more Australian faces that I recognized. Where's Tony Collette? Where's Naomi Watts, who I think should have been the, the lead role, because she is actually British and grew up in Australia. Where is Kate Blanchett wrong for this role? I think there are a number of character actors from Judy Davis. Australia. Yeah, they're character actors. <laughs> They're male actresses, James. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. I'm kidding. No. Um, it was nice seeing them. But I just wanted more. More. We so did see Essie Davis, who is like the... <laughs> the the Babadook. The like, oh, you know, Essie Davis cares. I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, you know, she's the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> we said Babadook. And, and I didn't, we didn't say she is. The titular role. Yeah. Um, that's a whole lot to say that it's, you know, a beef. That's what it is. Sorry, Chuck, Australia. Yeah, sorry. We are putting a whole damn ass country in you know, the bin. Get in the bin. Um, this time around. Yeah. Um, but we will be back with more Baz Luhrmann uh, because we are speeding things up. Uh, similar kind of time period, though. Yeah, well, next week, next episode is our 75th anniversary. Oh. Yes. Ooh. 75th anniversary of two-week period. Yeah. <laughs> the anniversary of doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, and um, we thought we'd tackle a bit. I mean, we've already talked about it, kind yeah. of. So we're doing one of the things we've controversially brought up yeah. as a big stickling point in this, Look, in this we've podcast. Look, we've got lovers, we've got haters, we've got in-betweeners. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. So, voulez-vous coucher avec this pod? Mm.
Mm. And listen, where can we find us? Uh, you can find us at Mixed Bag Podcast and Mixed Bag Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Awesome. Before we hit, I just want to say a couple of different shout outs for, uh, for projects that are coming up. Yeah. Um, I am involved with uh, two different shows in the month of May slash June. Nice. Um, I am involved in a speakeasy, which is by Wonder Footlights. If you want to come along to that, it's from the 11th to 13th of May. Um, but uh, get your tickets fast because they are rapidly selling out. Um, it's really fun. It's a 1920s uh, immersive speakeasy adventure. Um, where you'll get to come in and be serenaded by a whole lot of flappers and, and uh, gangsters, uh, and it's a lot of fun to do. Um, and then James and I, our company, Red Scare Theatre Company, is putting on the New Zealand premiere of Dennis Kelly's Girls and Boys, which is an outstanding Ooh. solo show, originally performed by uh, Carrie Mulligan, but we're going to be performing Ooh. performed by the incredible Sabrina Martin in Ooh. New Zealand. Um <laughs> And it's on from the 31st of May through to June. Um, so so oh grab your God. ticks. And also... When if, is the last day for that? Uh, for If you want a special uh, deal, uh, it's, it's probably finished already. Um, oh, yeah, no, the special deal is over. Oh, I'm just yeah. asking because oh, yes. <laughs> at the end of May, I will be going to Australia. It is the 31st uh, of May to the 6th of, 5th of, to the 5th of June. 5th, okay. Um, oh, I might so miss it. Matt may not be around. I know. Um, you know so what? I can't but also, hey... Hey, the country of Australia might not like me after this part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. as long as Matt doesn't get permanently banned from Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, so don't don't miss out. Like, Matt is going to yeah. um, get your tickets. It's going to be right. pretty great. But, you know, we're looking forward to those things. Mm. But for now, <laughs> that's a wrap. You like those flicks? Come get your fix in a podcast called Mixed Bag.